1: Welcome to the number one podcast I'm on, the Rock, 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 Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. My name is Mark, and with me is a man who will throw
0: your toilet right off the roof. It's Frankie D. Hey, Mark. Hello, listeners.
1: Thank you for joining us,
0: as always, on
1: this rock and roll adventure. Now, while you're out exploring the world and talking to your friends about this hilarious podcast you're listening to, remember to tell them. Check out this record is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music, or wherever else they find podcasts like Lemon Drops,
0: whatever that means. Oh, and we're even on YouTube. (laughs) That's right. Now, new episodes, they drip and they drop directly to your ears every Friday. And of course, all of this is for your listening pleasure. Oh, yeah. So what the
1: heck is Check Out This Record? Great question. And thank you for asking. Yeah, here on Check Out This Record, Frank and I push the limits of our long-term friendship by recommending albums to each other to check out. (laughs) Then we get together here and give albums a thorough review. We also have a wide array of musical discussions, like in our
0: Spotlight series, where we'll dig into a band's catalog and see what comes out the other side. Or in our versus series, we'll pit two albums against each other, and they do get out for a total stereo. Ooh, I got a little bit of a chill on that one, dude. That was good. Yeah, oh Flemmy. But
1: oh, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Flemmy. If social media is your thing, be sure to check us out on Instagram or our Facebook group. We like to drop additional content, hopefully leaving you one of more Frank's musical insights and obsessions and as much
0: random nonsense as my brain can come up with. Don't forget to pop on over to the world famous tube with you and watch as we make silly faces at each other as we try to put the show together. Again, it's just for you. Yeah, every, all of this. We say it's for us. It's for you. It's for you guys. Okay.
1: Last bit before we start the show, but this is a crucial thing for making sure the show is as much fun for you as it is for old Frank and I. If you've got a record you want us to check out, just drop us a comment wherever you found us. We're happy to take your recommendations. And Keith, our super friend, as Frank likes to call him, we're getting close, buddy. Wink, (laughs) wink. (laughs) I know what he's talking about. Okay, All right. Please, if you enjoy us acting like a couple of know-it-alls, be sure to subscribe and give us a rating and a review. It would figuratively mean literally everything to my cats. (laughs) So while you're busy telling people just how cute I really am, let's turn our attentions to the show. Frank, Mm -hmm. we're going to be covering an album that came out shortly after I graduated from high school. Mm. Twenty. years ago. Mm, mm, mm. Now, we're both in the camp that believes the last four or so albums from the Bouncing Souls have been a little bit of a letdown. Uh, Are you worried about getting into this album and it turning into um, what the kids call a nostalgia buster?
0: Sounds like a hot dog, right? Kind of does. (laughs) Hey, Let me get one of them
1: nostalgia busters. Put
0: put, (laughs) all the mustard on it. I
1: want the whole thing dripping in mustard.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I'm a nostalgia dog. See, that's what I'm talking right. about. That's hey. what I'm talking about. Hey, nostalgia dogs. Over hey, here. hey, hey, hey. Now, the, <laughs> now I'm like the Fonz. I'm like, hey, hey. hey. So uh, yes and no, I, I worry about that just because I, first of all, listen, I can't believe it's 20 years since this album came out. I clearly remember. Here's, here's some age going to like Best Buy to pick up this on CD. It's time and just listening to it nonstop of course throughout the summer uh but also no because i i think me and you do uh, and try our um our best for not letting the past dictate our future so i think it's going to be a healthy balance in all this
1: yeah you know you really need to write that uh the way of the frank book already yeah you know what i mean like the tower frank mm-hmm. yeah, i get into that
0: i have So far, I have a blank page. So I'm getting there. I'm getting there. (laughs) You started, though. I mean, I did. I just. just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well,
1: Frank starts on that. Why don't you and me? Yeah. Take a look at the band. Okay. How they got to this record and who's playing on it. Now, formed in 1989, the original four members, Greg Mm Atatiano, which I'm sure I said wrong on vocals, Pete, a.k.a. The Pete, Steakoff on guitar, which I also probably said wrong, Mm -hmm. Brian Kenslin, which is probably the closest I've gotten to saying any of their names right on bass and Shell Kitchy on drums. Again, I apologize for saying your name wrong. I think you're an excellent drummer, uh, but you have a funny name and I'm sorry. Anyways, those four dudes all moved from Basking Ridge, New Jersey, no relations to Baskin Robbins, mm. uh, all the way over to New Brunswick, New Jersey, for its growing music scene, which the band would quickly become a part of and help develop over the years. They put out a ton of singles before releasing their first album, "The Good, The Bad, and the Argyle," uh, in 1994, which was more of a compilation of those previous singles than it was an actual album. It still totally rules. Uh, that said, uh, you know the far the story <laughs> is far. From over here, Frank, No, uh, you know, you see in 1995 saw the release of uh, one of my soul's favorite album, Maniacal Laughter, mm-hmm. which they toured on with the legendary Youth Brigade. Legendary. Yes, absolutely. The tour would expose the band uh, to the team over at Epitaph Records, who would go on to release the band's self-titled album in 1997, Hopeless Romantic, another favorite, followed in 1999 another personal favorite of of both of ours, uh, which is the only album of theirs I want uh, that I am still missing. Of course, we're talking about Hopeless Romantic. Yes. Yes, Uh, and if you've seen me without my shirt, you know how much this record means to me. Anyways, shortly after the release of Hopeless Romantic, quote, personal problems between the band and drummer, Shell Kitchy, again, apologies for your name, would become too much for the band and he exited, end quote. Enter drummer Michael McDermott, uh, formerly of the band's Skinner Box, Mephiscopheles, who totally rule, uh, and Murphy's Law, who also totally rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 2001, How I Spent Your Summer Vacation was released. Frank, we talk mm-hmm. uh, about how we first came across a band, uh, but do you remember how you first got a whiff of how I spent my summer vacation?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Of course real quick intro to the band i think it was punkorama volume three the song mm-hmm. say anything was featured on there and you know when you first listen when you first get into punk at that age it's it's a little scary because like the mm-hmm. music is so aggressive and coming from like alternate and 90s grunge it's like oh wait a minute now should i be listening to this oh my mom doesn't catch me right and then <laughs> and, and, and then the souls come on <laughs> with this short and heartfelt like tune uh, and memorable and, and you, like you get hooked and you're like, all right, so this is like kind of the band that I, I wanted to find in all this. So mm-hmm. I quickly went out and got Hopeless Romantic. Uh, and then when How I Spent My Summer Vacation came along, uh, I was stoked. True Believers, which I believe – Um, which i know we will get into shortly i was on i think the following Punkarama, and um Mm -hmm. i thought the band like really matured very organically with that song uh so in hindsight it's it it was a layup for future records but yes i was totally all in on this record and uh spoiler alert rightfully so
1: (laughs) so this if you guys haven't figured out this is a band that means a lot to me and, and clearly frank as well despite not enjoying the back third of their catalogs it's okay <laughs> and a large part of that uh was seeing them live or excuse me a, a large part of what we fell in love with them was seeing them live and I remember loving hopeless romantic the album uh so when I heard that they were coming down on tour for a new album I just went out and bought it I listened to it probably non-stop for an entire year if not longer uh those early albums had that effect on me i just couldn't stop listening to them for a long long time and uh for me how i spent my summer vacation is smack dab in the center of their three best albums in my opinion hopeless romantic how i spent my summer vacation Mm. and anchors away you'll hear Mm. frank and i discuss all of those quite uh, a bit uh that's enough chumming the waters for a shark attack wouldn't you say uh, it's, it's hard to make band references in every one of these. In fact, that lemon drop reference earlier, it just yeah. sounded good in my head.
0: Is there's no reference there, anyways?
1: Uh, let's get into the track by track, amigo.
0: Let's do it in ways that make us feel good.
1: The Bouncing Souls, How I Spent My <laughs> Summer Vacation, released May 22nd, 2001, on none other than Epitaph Records. Yep, so track one. That song, that that you song. know me, I can't say something about an opening of an album with a song called That Song, uh, I mean, what's it about? Well, great question. That song is about how music makes you feel, and this song has always stood up wonderfully for that feeling, uh, reminding many of us that we can die and be reborn again in as short as uh, it takes to play a song that <laughs> moves us. That's right. Uh, as an opener, I love The Souls Are, are- Already asking you to look inward for your that song. Really great stuff. Great energy right out of here just to really help mold my my young, fresh out of high school mind and my even my shitty old man brain that I have now.
0: Uh, what do you think about this song, Frank? <laughs> well, right off the bat, we know the heart that this album uh, will have. And how about Welcome, Mr. McDermott? I mean, those drums yeah. just sound so much more pronounced. Um, and he could be a reason for me that maybe – You know, this and the following record are some of my favorites. Uh, Great blistering track to get us going. And like you said, has us searching inward for that song.
1: Mm -hmm. Track number two, Private Radio. Mm -hmm. Thematically, the Bouncing Souls keep that power of music energy going with with Private Radio. It's, uh, again, that introspective concept. I remember people having a hard time um, with life when, when I was really kind of flying that flag hard of that, you know, the bouncing souls and that all you need is music. And this is one of those songs uh, that people didn't understand. Why, why wouldn't this, why wouldn't they try to put this on the radio? Why wouldn't this be a single? Um, And I think that's because, you know, this is one of those bands and this is one of those songs in particular, that's for the proverbial us, right. It's for the others. It's for the people who don't want to swim in the mainstream. Um, so for me, this really helped be very indicative of that feeling and really express that, that energy and that love and, and passion for the music. It's probably the reason I'm such a nut job about it today. What, um, mm-hmm. what do you think? Were, were the souls crazy for a song like Private Radio, or should they have uh, been chasing that mainstream fame?
0: You know, I I saw once uh, Keith Morrison interviewed these guys and said something along the lines that, you know, you're going to always, Greg in particular said, you're always going to have that mainstream aspect to it. It's just how you choose that you want to be a part of it. And I think they've done well with their huge cult following. And in essence, everyone's radio is private in their own way. Right. And I think that's maybe what they were trying to say uh, at the end of the day, at least that's how I interpreted it. And it, it's actually one of my favorites from this record, All mm-hmm. Hard." And, and is that sample at the beginning? Is that is that some Sinatra I'm hearing? Is that is that what we're
1: getting there? it could be a little bit that kind of the sound of the radio kind of coming yeah. in and out of tune yeah well, i mean I, I wouldn't like put that. it past them
0: right right you so, know a couple well, jersey boys giving them a little love yeah and Sinatra's you know technically a jersey boy right so mm-hmm. uh, all heart and of course uh, all bouncing souls on this song mark there you go now uh when i wrote this uh
1: next it's really just kind of one question two questions whatever mm-hmm. um i kind of didn't take into consideration that people listening to the show maybe aren't as used to the bouncing souls as I am. So I made this really short and sweet. Uh, True Believers is a, is an absolute anthem of a song. Um, There's nothing like hearing them play this song live and just being in the crowd and and big, 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 big sound, big, huge sound. So that said, I'm going to get back to reading what I wrote. Uh, Track three, True Believers. I feel like I'm joining a
0: fucking cult here, Frank. Am I a true believer? What's what's the band doing here? <laughs> but then I'm joining it with you, my man. Uh, nice. So what are they doing here? They're giving us a taste of what's to come, really, on the next album, I think. Uh, this is the mature sound I was talking about earlier. Uh, big and lush anthems that are full of streetwise professors and love. Totally re- relatable and many facets of life. Uh, true Believers means a lot to many. And this song means a lot to us.
1: So, Yeah. Uh, beautifully said, and I think it's it's one of those things when you hear Frank and I talking about these records and and concepts, right? You, if, if you listen to the MXPX record, I talk about how I, man, I just don't want to be preached to, right? right? And here's a song about being a true believer, right? And but but to whatever your heart's into, and in this case, I think the band's talking about the music and 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 what it means to be part of the the collective part of the scene, if you will but they leave it ambiguous enough where somebody like Frank and somebody like I can hear this song and say, yeah, man, I'm a true believer and this song rallies right. me and it brings me life. Uh, but for me, it's going to mean X. And for Frank, it's going to mean Y. And in that way, the songwriting here is just so beautiful and terrific. So I agree. Um, and yeah. beautifully said to you by you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, track four, four, better life. Hmm. Uh, This is the reason fans like myself will always give uh, a band like the Bouncing Souls another chance uh, because of the hope they give to us uh, when we feel without. Uh, I've known many people who point specifically to this song and say that was there uh, when there was a darkness uh, that I couldn't have gotten through without it. And uh, I think that really means a lot. This is a beautiful song. Um, It's by no means a a panacea for suicide, but it's a great reminder of how life or excuse me how good life really can be maybe um th- this level of songwriting is uh, outside of the box when it comes uh, when people think of punk rock. why is that Frank?
0: Well you know first of all, I think you can learned a lot from the souls and and uh, I know I have and and songs like this they encompass punk elements but they display hope and and I think maybe that's one of the things that is slowly, in this point of their career separating them from the from the contemporaries because it's like this is punk music right Is what punk music means to us Mm -hmm. based on the track that led them to this point and to this album this is how their interpretation of life was right and this is how they felt they needed to get it out which mean you talk about right Is kind of always that's what punk rock is it's supposed to be that whole big canvas as opposed to this boxes that people try to make it in so i think that's kind of what what it is so musically it's punk rock all the way blistering right um but it, it gives us that level that's a little bit more relatable and that could maybe even lead to their huge cult following you know i
1: i, I couldn't agree with you more very well said uh track number five five live <laughs> I, I hated that drink did you it's disgusting Uh, Big shout out to my brother, Seth, who's keeping the company Five Hour Energy alive with his personal consumption. Uh, This is not a paid ad for Five Hour Energy. However, (laughs) send me some money, Five Hour Energy. What up? Uh, Track number five, the Something Special. Let me ask you something, Frank. Is this a, like a proto emo song? Obviously. Right. We talked about rights of Springs well before 2001 happening, but is this just kind of like a whiny plea for a second chance? But, but do we kind of get like a pseudo happy ending? Does he deserve a second chance? Mm -hmm. Is, is this his second chance, his third chance? Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, and for a record for, for the record, excuse me. uh, I love how hopeless this song is. It's tragic and lovely. Frank, Try to make some sense of what I just said. Yeah, I
0: mean these are all good questions, there, my compadre. But mm-hmm. so is this a proto emo song? Uh, I mean, it could be. Obviously, what a subject matter that really stretches mm-hmm. to all genres, including punk and and you mentioned rights to spring. So you know, if if again, if you want to use that as the starting point, this could definitely be a build off to that. I don't know if it necessarily resembles what was going on in the late nineties, early two thousands to say, mm-hmm. but again this has some soul signature sound that gets matured. Greg uses his voice to his advantage and carries some emotions. So I guess there is Mm -hmm. some of those elements there that would be classified as emo. Um, And it still has the street sound of the band. So, um, because of this i always felt the song was really really awesome so because of that yeah give the dude a second chance for sure <laughs> and the songs <laughs> and the songs loneliness also carries over as a theme to the next album so uh, again these are one of those kind of pillars that i see in this album that carries the anchors absolutely track five or excuse me six mm. the broken record or just
1: broken record i'm adding words i'm picking numbers it doesn't really matter Do it. you know i Frank, I haven't really talked much about the the music or the musicality of the band yet, uh, and that's a shame. So I'm going to take a minute uh, to point out a few reasons why uh, the Bouncing Souls sound so amazing on this record. Uh, now, being a three-piece instrument setup means that Brian on bass has to really show up uh, on that thing, which gives the, the rest of, excuse me, which really gives the band their signature sound. Now, Michael and the Pete uh, share the rest of that sound really complementary to Brian's driving bass uh, by kind of, they almost sway like the ocean. You'll notice that with the guitar parts and the drum parts, they really rise and fall while Brian's bass keeps steady through the whole thing. And it's a sound that the band is really built on across their entire uh, discography, if you will. Now... Um, what we add to that is uh, some of Greg's most poignant and introspective uh, lyrics for a song. Uh, there aren't enough amazing things to say about this song. It, it, it really just is the best of the band coming together. Um, again, tracks like this are why people have loved
0: this band as much as they do and, and will continue to. Yeah, this song is all hard and a lot of bass, right? So Bryce, Bryce playing is great and it's audible for a song that's short, uh, displaying those elements that we love from this band. To me, it's actually it gets better with each listen, which makes this song uh, a plus for replay value. So, mm-hmm.
1: All right, we're moving right on. Track seven,
0: mm-hmm, Lifetime.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, this song is about the band from New Jersey. No, that's not right. Um,
0: <laughs> you saw what I was saying. <laughs>
1: Tomorrow is a lifetime away. Uh, and she's all I want today, <clears throat> Frank. Uh, far more uh, love song than emo song, right? Or even any yes. suggestion of that proto emo, right? I agree. But definitely in the wheelhouse of that kind of Descendants inspired
0: yeah. pop punk romance, if you will. Uh, what do you say, old buddy? Yeah, I always again just because of the close geographical nature. I, I thought it was a tip of the cap to the band Lifetime. I could be wrong about that. But the song is also very fast, which I know Lifetime was as well. Um, I, I just love, though, how it goes from that super, super hyper fast speed to this slow chorus, right? Takes you back down, really draws that line, separates it for you. Um, great tune. Absolutely. Fantastic. Track number eight, Mantham. Mantham! You know what uh, this song is,
1: Frank? It's a it's a pub rock ballad about having some good old buddies, dudes to have a few brews and wander about with, uh, you know, maybe get rowdy in the pub.
0: Rowdy, Rowdy Piper, Chicken oh. Wire. <laughs> 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 yeah, listen, this is the good time song you have with your buddies. You can't go wrong with songs like this. It should really be on every jukebox and be playing every night in mm-hmm. every pub all across America. Yeah, maybe even the world. absolutely Absolutely. i would love to walk into a pub in iraq and just hear this heck yeah i mean how can you not get pumped up at least feel good in the moment that you're with the people that you're with listening to a song like this i i hear you i'm with what (laughs) track nine yes breakup
1: song yes okay a i fucking love these gang choruses b this is textbook Perfect pop punk from the bouncing soul. Greg works us through moving on from a relationship that means more to him than he originally knew, and it's a beautiful experience of growth. How did I do, Frank? You're not breaking up with me over this, are you,
0: Mark? It's not you, it's me, oh! my friends. It's oh! me. It's me. Oh no! <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> I I actually love. I'm going to be repetitive here. The topic of love and as this being a central theme, uh, it's totally relatable and executed again. So damn well.
1: Mm -hmm. Track 10 streetlight serenade (laughs) to no one, to no one, a glimpse of the band's tender side here with a ballad. uh, Well, to Greg's bike uh, and everything else he (laughs) likes. Look, it's a little silly, but it's also just full of heart and makes the band incredibly endearing. Um, What'd you think, Frank? Were you too busy cruising yourself in the glass?
0: Or (laughs) did you dig this number? Listen, I always think of the scene in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he's like, what's missing from this picture? It's just me without my bike (laughs) and the love he has for the bike. Mm -hmm. Uh, Listen, I I love the playful nature of this song and and I'm okay with it. It can't be serious all the time. And a short tune like this, Uh, just thrown into the album again, as you said, displays the heart of the band more than okay with it. Um, And it's actually very catchy too. So there you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Here we are.
1: Track 11, Late Bloomer.
0: Mm -hmm. Damn. I
1: absolutely adore this song. Late Bloomer is the song uh, that the song Hopeless Romantic would write. If Hopeless Romantic, the song could write its own song. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways uh, More of that wonderfully paced Signature upbeat but very Paced lament uh, just Perfect for a lonely kid fresh out of High school and the quite honestly the old Bastard I've become
0: um, How how's Late bloom strike you Frank Yeah this tune's a perfect example of a punk song With a lot of character and heart that doesn't Need to be all Right because it, it's not like that it's a great Blend of melody and sensibility While keeping the authenticity of the band. And you like all those words ending in Y that I did. You like that melody, sensibility, authenticity. Uh-huh. Rhyming's yeah. fun. Oh well, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Track 12, <laughs> no
1: comply, no comply. Uh, we're treated to a bit of, uh, of the old school here, uh, sonically with this two minute kind of bruiser in which Greg gives us, uh, some of his philosophical ideals, uh, the message and the music really kind of hold up here for me, uh, We get a little more of a look uh, at this, certainly in Anchor's way. It's all about the
0: positive energy from here. And I got to tell you, Frank, I'm here for it. Yeah, dude, this dude could have totally been on Anchor's. You're right. Uh, It's simple in its form, and it actually fits perfect on this record, too. And again, I don't want to keep mentioning these two records as a unit, but there's a lot of context here. They flow extremely nicely, and this song is very Mm -hmm. cool, too. So, Yeah, well...
1: Track 13, Oh gone, gone. Talk about one hell of a way to end an album. Ooh. gone <laughs> brings an epicness to this record. We were lulled into this safe little record while the band built this massive wall of sound around you. And it's not till this moment. The band lets you see it before rocking your heart right back to where it needs to be. Mm. Uh, maybe it's my nostalgia getting the best of me, but I remember I uh, remembered in this uh this week of re-listening to it, the exact moment I fell in love with this band uh, and how feeling like I wasn't alone in the world. And yeah, this was one of those songs for me, just an absolutely powerful song uh that connected to me, to the things that I've been missing. Yeah. You know,
0: sorry, go ahead. things that are gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry. So this is, Some of the soul's best work, in my honest opinion. This song is one that I probably played the most from the album at that time, um, hearing it 20-something, 20 years ago. It's what punk is all about to me. It's that moment of vulnerability that we all go through, and then bam, a song comes on and cuts right through the heart and helps it on the road to recovery. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, that's what what punk is all about, and that's what music is all about. And most importantly, that's what the souls are all about. Beautiful way to capture, first of all, the time and, of course, the album – and then it really ties a bow on this. And I mean, one of my favorites and I, I, if I were them, I would have this be the closer for every song, every show that they were played. So, yeah.
1: Well, uh, Frank, it's time for final thoughts. It's pretty Ooh. clear that uh, if you guys haven't noticed that I adore this record and, adore. and honestly, I, I rank these records and listen to them again and again, the closer how I get to uh, how I spent my summer vacation gets closer and closer to anchors away. Um, for me, but but that that only seems to be getting better and better with every re-listen too. Um... Not
0: terribly unbiased this week. Uh, 10 out of 10 by this fucking record. Um, Frank? (laughs) Yeah, this record, and of course, Anchors, it it means a lot to me, me, us. You see, I I did me, us as one unit. you did me, us, yeah. As one unit, yeah. (laughs) You did we, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, They were impactful, of course, when we were in our band, you know, starting off. And I remember us obviously talking about these records just not stop. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's near flawless with lots of heart, and it paves the way really for... I feel a different type of punk to me. The souls are the East coast swinging udders uh, with their, like uh, the street light foundation street, excuse me, street like foundation, but they're not afraid to um, deal with kind of all facets of thing. And just having this recipe that, that really surmises to their kind of version of punk. It's a beautiful record to me. It's nine out of 10. And just because anchors is a 10. So if I just had to kind of tear them that way, but I mean, this record is absolutely flawless and I'm glad, you know, we were the ages we were when this came came out. So absolutely. Um, Okay. Up next is our uh, top list for
1: the week. So Frank and I foolishly thought we could pick, you know, just our favorite 20 bouncing soul songs. Yeah, sure. Sure. That was no easy task. And and you guys know us. We reserve the right to change our minds the second words come out of our mouth. Uh, <laughs> so buckle up and get ready to complain that we forgot your favorite.
0: Yeah, man. This was a hard ass list to make uh, with a bunch of revisions. So I'm glad we're kind of doing it this way, my man. Yeah. All right. So
1: this is a big fat cop out. And, and uh, quite honestly, we don't care. Um, we picked Uh, we couldn't just pick 20 songs. We're going to talk about uh, a few of our favorites from each of the albums and touch on kind of why the back third of the catalog kind of stinks. Totally stinks. Um, Frank, would you kick us off with the good, (laughs) the bad and the Argyle?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think they taught me the word Argyle, by the way, just just so everyone knows. (laughs) Yeah, I'm entirely convinced. I as well thought that they invented Argyle sweaters and everything that was Argyle. So (laughs) This is a super fun debut. Um, Mm -hmm. The the production is what it is. But listen, it's super fun. It's lighthearted. You get like the songs. I like your mom. I always think that that's a fun song. That Mm -hmm. these are quotes from our favorite 80s movies are so cool. Uh, I personally, I think that really highlights for me or the guest. And I think Joe lies when he cries is just a great song, but this, this screams of eighties nostalgia and influences. And again, for a debut, even though it sounds rough, it's super fun. Yeah.
1: You know, 1995 maniacal laughter. it uh, fucking rules. Oh my uh, God. It's got a ton of old school style that the band loved, like no rules and headlights mm. ditch. Um, plus a few lighthearted songs like BMX song. Um, they show off their softer side with uh, moon over Asbury. And I think the ballad of Johnny X, uh, all mm-hmm. while feeling genuine and most importantly, still having fun uh, as the title would suggest, you should have a great time with this
0: record. Yeah. Real quick, might I add that uh, quick check girl is one of my favorites too. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome song. And the, the, I guess the demo version from the good, the bad and the out of print is pretty cool too. Um, so all right, so we talk about um, the self-titled record, right? You get this mm-hmm. really thundering opening and cracked, followed by Say Anything, which, again, is mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, one of my favorites of theirs is this really introspective, Kate is Great, and I, I think it's awesome, as is uh, Chunk Song. Some of the tunes, though, as the album goes on, feels incomplete here. Um, so I think that is something already the band has recognized, so mm-hmm. you know, you don't need someone like me telling them that, so... There you go. That's (laughs) self-titled.
1: There
0: you go. Um,
1: You're tired of hearing us say this, aren't you? Mm -hmm. This album is so much fun and has so much heart to it. Hopeless Romantic and 87 kind of share the duties of kicking this album off um, with the band's major themes of falling in love and hanging out with your buddies. I mean, what else could you want out of a record? Uh, We can really feel the band growing as the album continues with uh, Fight to Live and Night on Earth, but never to leave you without a smile. We get uh, Bullying the Jukebox, which is a personal favorite of mine and Frank's, uh, and You're So Rad. You're so Uh, rad. Monday Morning Amp Brigade and Olay. I mean, Monday Morning has its kind of cringiness to it, but it's also so ridiculous that you can never take them seriously. And Olay is, I mean, it's simply a great uh, football slash soccer chant um, turned into a song and it totally rules. Um, Really putting the bouncing souls in the middle, uh, excuse me, the bounce of the bouncing souls in the middle of this album. Undeniable and Wish Me Well, You Can Go to Hell, hell. are a really cute pairing that show off the band's kind of cheekiness. Um, It's not the heat. It's the humanity is a good last laugh. But the Souls close the album kind of what I think perfectly uh, with the whole thing. Uh, And, you know, that's how this whole thing was kind of meant to end. Frank. Uh, Since the episode was about how I spent your summer
0: vacation, why don't you tell us about uh, Anchors Away? Sure, sure. Real quick on Hopeless, you know, 87 is such an amazing tune. Undeniable is one of my favorites. And Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken on the Alkaline Trio song, um, man, uh, I forgot. Warbrain, Warbrain. I think they mentioned Night on Earth, and uh I think from this album. So that's pretty cool too. But yes, Anchors Away. Mark, can I just list a whole record? Can I just say yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, this is our favorite. It's jam packed with 16 songs, too, of heartbreaking and trying to figure out its way back. I mean, where to begin? I mean, Kids and Heroes, New Day, Sing Along Forever, Born Free, Inside Out, Simple Man, Better Days, Blind Date, Highway Kings, Anchors Away. And actually, one of my favorites could be my favorite soul song, at least right now it is, is the hidden track, the fall song. I mean, this album is pure sonic perfection.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Um, apartment, uh, 5F is the opening track to this one, and it's probably one of the weaker opening tracks of a bouncing souls album. And that song's still totally <laughs> right, it just goes to show you how amazing this record is. Yeah. You know, but I, I couldn't agree with Frank more on what he said about uh, Anchors Away. Re- great job. Uh, oh, boy. So 2006 is the gold <laughs> album is where things kind of take a turn for me. Uh, and I would argue the Bouncing Souls. Uh, I've often wondered why they chose to use the sound of like bottles clinking around on the floor uh, as the first thing you hear on the album. Uh, don't get me wrong. I know that a lot of bands drink while they're practicing or have a couple beers while they're recording. Um, it, it just felt a little out of place anyways uh the gold album opens with the gold song which does have the the mandated quote i heard uh someone say that nothing gold can stay end quote and plenty of low parts uh what's crazy is that, that it works right uh, i kind of hate the name and in fact i totally hate the name both <laughs> of the album and the song but otherwise the song is actually like my favorite track on the album which is a bummer because there isn't much else on the album uh, so there's that. Um, Lean on <laughs> Sheena isn't a bad cover by any means, uh, but it's a cover. Um, right, you know. And then we get into stuff like the pizza song, which feels it feels a bit cheaper than its attempt at kind of a, a cowpunk Americana thing it was meant to be. Um, it's sweet, you know, like clearly the, it's meant to be a nice number. I think uh, they did a little bit too much blending of that sweet and and kind of humorous thing. And it doesn't work for me. Um, You know, you've heard better songs just like these before, and they were better as those other
0: songs. Good way to put it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Again, sweet, but it doesn't deliver on the the conviction. And sonically, it's a little too pop and less hopeless enough for a band that built their sound on, you know, being a little sappy. Um, And honestly, that's kind of how I feel about like kind of the whole album
0: yeah 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 i'm with you on that so i'm gonna talk just very briefly about ghosts on the boardwalk but you know this is where i get lost and the gold record totally lost me and honestly i i really just like the opening tune so that's that's kind of how i felt about that album uh so for ghosts you know i like gasoline Uh, i like when you were young and i like the track like the sun uh but other than that so it's underwhelming to me that's all i gotta say
1: I, I gotta like I
0: really disliked gasoline. Oh, you didn't. Oh did. you did. You didn't like gasoline is what you're saying.
1: I, I did not. And I'll tell you why I don't like it.
0: Sure. Um
1: not because it reminded of me of Metallica's fuel, and if you no, I'm just kidding. Um, because it reminded me of hot water music. Ah I need a remedy. A diesel and dust, there. right? And like, mm-hmm. and it just kind of felt like, hey, what's something people are singing about that people will get into? And, and gasoline felt like a cheap version of that.
0: I see what you're saying.
1: It, it might just be me. It might just be being like, this isn't the same band I fell in love with. But who knows? <laughs> Anyways, Comet comes our way. It does. Um, the year of our Lord, 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love Baptized as the intro. Uh, it's got this big, bombastic energy that really kicks the album off in a fantastic way just for the song Fast Times to remind us that here we go saying the same things white noise creates the hiss of 10,000 little things that's a direct quote from the song mm-hmm. well we asked uh for it and uh we got it and uh I hate it uh I really wanted to like the song but it's a great reminder of why people don't want to be around people who self-deprecate too much mark um because you don't want to encourage them to be sad sacks but you you want to empathize with them and it's an uncomfortable position for everybody frank will tell you about it there you go (laughs) plus greg loses me when he gets lost starting uh staring excuse me quote at the information superhighway. look dude Mm -hmm. i get it like you don't need to be an old grampy um (laughs) You know, he's always been kind of like, like, excuse me for saying this because of the album, but like, he's kind of been like that voice of summer, right? The band's really built this legacy about summertime and the Bouncing Souls and how the two of them are connected to that innocence of what summertime means. And for him to come out with this song about like being a grampy and he's so old and he can't use his phone or the computer, like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> nobody came to you for that. That's right. Um, anyways, um, Static, Coin Toss Girl, and Comet just kind of keep this sad sack theme <laughs> rolling with 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 Comet doing the best of them to try to put on a brave face, but it doesn't work. Uh, then the rest of the album just tried to pretend it's not sad, but it is. And it, it kind of makes it all that much sadder. Mm. Um, I wish this album did a lot more because there's some good bones here. It just does not deliver the way it
0: should. Mm-hmm. and then we move on to simplicity right and this is the first with uh george rebella from hot water music and, and listen you know again he's got a distinctive style, style and as you said drumming is never the issue here um but it does give the band a different feel uh, th- this does have some classic souls feel but greg's voice although it doesn't sound bad sounds different and the lyrics are starting to show their age, in my opinion uh, i don't mind the song like satellite with its range but i do get lost in tracks like digital time zone uh, hey Aliens is a very silly and misplaced track uh, so yeah like Comet I wish this had more but to me it doesn't well I need therapy now <laughs> yeah man sign me up for that Fugazi therapy oh uh, man yeah but but can we talk about next week though sure are you cool with that my man I mean I'm ready when you are you are you are uh-huh. I got. Uh-huh. I have a scorcher for you ooh Now, Mark, you know I love tracing back the origins of genres, uh, and that I dig. And I've seen this band's name around a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And there's something there. There's someone that I wanted us to listen to, and I think this is now the opportunity to do so. And it's it's Twenty Five. It is. How did now? How man? How did you? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Um, go ahead. Man, no, it's actually a double album, and the band rhymes with. Pashing Blumpkins. No, kidding. <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that to you. Oh, Okay. I am not doing Melancholy and Infinite Sadness to you. I'm giving you a fun album. And, and cool. I think it's something that we could trace back to being mm-hmm. critical, but not commercial. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the genre actually earlier in one of your descriptions, cowpunk. Oh, so we're going for a band called Jason and the Scorchers. Are you familiar? I am not. Okay. So this is going to be a good time. We're going to look at their first album. It's called Lost and Found. Uh, I'll explain the details offline for when we get ready for it. But Lost I mean, and we'll, found, we'll tell the listeners at home next week. That's fine. Absolutely. So Lost and Found is the very first album. And if you trace back if you trace back the alt country cowpunk sound even before um, Even before Uncle Tupelo, from what Wilco and Sunvolt were doing, right? This Mm -hmm. is the band that comes up, and I am really stoked for you to listen to it. So we're going to go for their first album, Lost and Found, Mark. Sweet. You know, I have a feeling that this will help pull me out of those pop punk blues. (laughs) Of course, my man. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody out there. Be sure to like, subscribe, rate, review, suggest. And of course, as always, be safe out there.
1: Yes, indeedy. Now, we do appreciate you tuning in and giving us a listen. So why don't you say it with me now? Oh, my, my. Oh, hell yes. Oh, bye-bye. Recording has ended. (laughs)